take a look at today in history, September 22nd, 1943. Boy, if we could have gotten her for a fun drive. Woo. Singer Kate Smith finished her war bond radio appeal for 13 continuous hours. Smith stayed on the air collecting $39 million in bond pledges. 1955 commercial television was beamed to homes in Great Britain. The rule said that only six minutes of ads were allowed each hour. There was no Sunday morning TV permitted. 1973, Henry Kissinger took the oath as U.S. Secretary of State. It was the first time a naturalized citizen had held the office. 1985, the poor of America's heartland, the financially troubled farmers of middle America, got a little bit of help from their friends in the music business. Singing stars Willie Nelson and Neil Young and John Cougar Mellencamp held a benefit concert to raise funds. The stars came out, and the money did, too. The Farm Aid Concert raised $10 million. That's a look at Today in History, along with Mike Martini. I'm George Zahn for WMKV. Thanks for being with us. And thank you, George. In traffic right now, boy, we got a bunch of accidents all of a sudden. On 71 and 75, let's go with 75 first. Southbound 75 at Ezra Charles, an accident in the left lane. Northbound 75 at Harrison, an accident on the right shoulder. Now let's switch over to 71 northbound. We find an accident at Montgomery in the center lane. Also North 71, north of Montgomery in the left side or left shoulder. And then southbound 71, which is also westbound Fort Washington Way, just on the other side of the Lytle Tunnel, an accident on the right shoulder. Uh, other accidents, Hamilton at Rockford, uh, 2100 block of Quebec with injuries. Also 6900 or 6500 block of Cleves, Warsaw. Southbound 42 at 275, an accident. Reading at Paddock and Reading at Victory. Uh, 5,000 block of uh, Rapid Run. West Martin Luther King at Riddle. 2,500 block Queen City near Lafuel, Montgomery at Langdon Farm, 2,600 block of Glenway, Coleraine blocked Virginia to Rayburn, uh, and uh, Harrison at the westbound 74 ramp. Hey, they're picking on the west side today, Vina. Your weather forecast from the National Weather Service uh, this evening, cloudy skies, and it is drizzling here, raining here in uh, Springdale. Uh, rain should end around midnight. Then uh, tomorrow, sunny and again warm, a high around 92. Friday, sunny with a high in the low 90s. Then another chance of some storms Friday night. But Saturday and Sunday, shaping up to be spectacular. Highs right around 75 to 72 degrees on Sunday. And then our next chance of rain after that will be Sunday night into Monday. Looking ahead to next week, daytime highs each day uh, through Wednesday appear to remain in the mid-70s, lows in the lower 50s. Right now we're at 84 degrees here at 89.3 WMKV. The views and discussion expressed on this program do not necessarily represent those of the hosts of the program, WMKV, Maple Knoll Communities, its staff or management. The information and advice presented are educational in nature and not intended to be taken as legal, accounting, or other professional advice. Always consult with your own legal, accounting, or other professional before making any investment. Welcome to Real Life Real Estate Investing, a show to help you gain financial freedom by investing in real estate. Brought to you by the Real Estate Investors Association of Cincinnati and the Ohio Real Estate Investors Association. You're listening to Real Life Real Estate Investing on 89.3 FM WMKV. 
And now your host, Vena Jones-Cox. Good afternoon. I am Vena Jones-Cox, and this is Real Life Real Estate Investing, the nation's public radio source for real estate tips, topics, advice, everything you need with a no-hype approach to real estate investing. Except for one quick little ad, and that is go to WMKVFM.org and check out the Ohio Real Estate Investors Association package. We actually ended up with about uh, four more of those here than we had people who took them last week. So you can still get an incredible deal on the upcoming Ohio Real Estate Investors Association convention, which you should come to even if you're not from Ohio, because heck, we got 15 speakers from all over the United States who are going to come and share their experience and advice and uh, got people coming from 15 different states up to this point. So although it's sponsored by OREA, it's really a national real estate investors and landlords conference. And you can still get a package from WMKV at less than what it's available for on the OREAConvention.com website. And so it feels so good about supporting public radio while getting some great real estate education coming up in Dayton, Ohio in November. A lot of cool things going on in the real estate world right now. And uh, you can get more information about them by becoming a fan of Real Life Real Estate Investing by going to realliferealestateradio.com. You'll be joining 4,500 other fans and 1,900 members and get all the updated information about upcoming programs. You can get articles by and about our speakers. You'll find out about seminars, webinars, all kinds of cool stuff at realliferealestateradio.com. So go become a fan. Become one of the few, the proud, well, okay, it's not that few, the fans of Real Life Real Estate Radio. And the fans of Real Life Real Estate Radio, boy, there was a lot of um, brouhaha yesterday when I announced the topic of today's program, which is, is private lending dead? Oh my gosh, I set off a panic in the entire Real Life Real Estate Radio world over the idea that private lending is dead because everyone's saying, oh my God, what do we do if banks won't lend and we can't, we can't borrow money from private lenders? Then what do we do? Well, don't, don't worry. Don't worry. We, we have an answer. And our answer today is going to come from Matt Scott, who is the premier expert in the country on, on legally raising money for real estate transactions and uh, has some things to say about the way it's usually done and about the way it ought to be done. He's joining us today by phone. Matt, welcome to Real Life Real Estate. Hey, thanks, Vina. Glad to be with you. Great topic, by the way. I think I uh, think I can help you out with that. Yeah, I think you actually suggested the name of the topic, and I and I thought it might be. I thought it might scare people a little bit, but uh, you know, we 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 got them covered. Okay, we're, we're by by the end of the show, they will understand what their alternatives are here. But let's start with why do you think private lending's dead? Well, I mean, privately, you know that you've seen a lot of cases that I've presented to you. It's just. A lot of security regulators, for example, mainly state regulators, are taking tasks with real estate investors that are advertising for private lenders. Mm-hmm. Because we're really talking about a security here. 
you know, for years and years we've we've thought we could go out and just borrow money from a friend. And you know what? That's okay. But what's not okay is is continue to go out and build a list of investors that you know are loaning us money. And you know, the def- definition of a security is very very simple. It's simply you know an investment of money or anything where you expect a return to come solely from the efforts of someone else. In other words, a passive return, and that's defined as a security by the federal regulators. But, you know, that's not the really uh, the group we're concerned about. It's the state regulators that are taking uh, the lead in either, you know, issuing consent orders or either cease and desist letters to a lot of real estate investors and entrepreneurs because they're simply not following their guidelines and regulations, and they're basing it on you know, stuff that's been discussed in you know, discussion forums on the Internet for many years, uh, a, a lot of RIA meetings. And even I have a case with a RIA president in the state of Washington where they were uh, – they ended up being fined because they would not answer just the inquiry from the state regulators uh, for doing exactly what we've done for years. Then. I mean, I've done it. I've made that mistake. Uh, you know, and then, you know, back in 2005, I had to get it right. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And yeah, we should we should we should share here that you're not an attorney. You're not some dude who you know is is out selling people legal services or or something of that nature. You learned about this because you had to. Well, yeah. I mean, you know, unfortunately, uh, you know, full disclosure. I used to teach the wrong method to do this, and I brought on a very uh, savvy attorney many years ago that uh, is is a consultant to startup, startup to IT companies, and he's a consultant and advisor and have, has always helped them uh, structure the proper way to raise capital. And, you know, he's the one that got me on the right track. And uh, so then I had to become an expert at it because this is what I do. And not only do I do this for own investments, but, I, you know, as, as you know, I have a lot of private clients. I deal with people, whether through a, an adventure, an equity stake, a joint venture equity stake. I help other companies raise capital now to a degree if they have the resources and obviously right opportunity. So please don't call me and ask me that because it's, it's a very exclusive group. But, you know, I had to know that so well because I had to teach it to others. And I'm not an attorney. Uh, you know, I have a degree in accounting and work for a CPA firm out of college. But, you know, it's, it's like a lot of us. We, we learn through trial and error. And, uh, you know, I stay abreast of all the regulation changes through my legal team now. And uh, we're constantly doing things that most law firms don't do through my legal team. You know, we're doing stuff in individual states that most attorneys will not even suggest because uh, they're not well versed in it. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Now, let's let's start with the uh, before we get into the this 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 capital raising thing. the 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 standard method that is taught for finding private money to invest in real estate is uh, you go to your RIA group or you send out postcards or you do something that uh, lets people know that you have an investment available and that you'll pay 8% or 6% or whatever whatever the number is. And you find someone with money and you go buy one house with their money and put one mortgage against that house. And then you go do it again and you do it again and you do it again. In addition to the issue with state regulators, which we will come back to in a moment because you've got some great examples from right here in Ohio, that is kind of a 
pain in the butt. <laughs> no, it, it is, even from a paperwork standpoint. And you know, that's something I really try to get the guys. Now, let me, let me skip forward a little bit. The syndication model is the same way. It's a lot of hassle and a lot of administration because uh, going back to the private lending model you just mentioned, we're you know, doing onesie and twosie deals with one investor. And, you know, the bad thing about that is, you know, you have investor attrition. In other words, you're going to lose an investor when you sell a property. The money sits idle in escrow or either it's, you know, uh, the check is issued from the closing agent or the closing attorney back to the investor until you find another deal. Now, the problem with that is it keeps changing hands. And establishing, you know, one of the models that I use, which you're aware of, is a private fund. It's basically very similar to a mutual fund, which, you know, a fund manager chooses the investments to uh, to buy with a mutual fund. When they raise capital through a mutual fund, it's a public security. You know, money is invested in the fund, whether it's a small cap or a growth or emerging market uh, mutual fund. People invest in it, and the fund manager will choose the proper investment. Well, that's the way we structure our real estate. It's no different than maybe a venture capitalist, and it's exactly the same security structure as a venture capitalist or private equity fund, and where People invest with us. It has a defined life, uh, maybe five to seven, seven to ten years. People invest in that, you know, in that fund for that term to uh, earn the returns that we're promising, whether it's debt or equity. But, you know, and the money is churned over, meaning we can buy and sell in the fund just like a mutual fund company would do. But the funds are not returned to the investor until either uh, if it were selling notes until the term of the note is due or until it's an equity position until the life of that fund expires, which could be five to seven years is the, is the uh, common example. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So to wet listeners' appetites to hang on here through the quick break we're about to take, the private lending model, which has has a has a whole set of potential regulatory problems, is also the model where somebody agrees to give you money and then you find a deal and then you call them they say, ooh, um... See, uh, what happened is uh, I went and spent that on <laughs> whatever, or or they do have the money, and then you sell the property and you say, hey, hold on to that, I'm going to have another one, and you call them back three weeks later and they say, oh, well, you know, your competitor offered me 15% interest because actually they're really bad guys and they're going to steal all my money, but I don't know that yet. And so I don't have it available anymore. And the the model that you're suggesting is, you pretty much have control of the money at all times. You sell the house, it goes back into the fund, you buy another house. It's Mm -hmm. a must, absolutely. Okay. All right, well, we are going to take a quick break. We're also going to take listener questions after the break at 772-9658, at 877-772-9658, and at askvina at gmail.com. Support for WMKV comes from the Real Estate Investors Association of Cincinnati, a nonprofit educational association with programs available for real estate investors at all levels of experience. RIA meets on the first and third Thursdays of every month. More information about RIA and their meetings is available at 859-292-7342. Well, 75 and 71 are both a mess this afternoon. Let's go with 75 first. Northbound 75 at Shepherd Lane, an accident on the left side. Also northbound 75 at Harrison on the right shoulder, an accident. Over on 71, lots of problems. North 71 at Ridge on the left side, an accident. North 71 at Montgomery on the right shoulder. Then northbound 71 north of Montgomery on the left shoulder. South 71, uh, also West Fort Washington Way, just outside the Lytle Tunnel. South 71 at the Norwood Lateral. 
Uh, also, Colerain is closed between Virginia and Rayburn. Uh, also, we have an accident in Center Hill at Highland Ridge, 2400 block of Montana, East Liberty at Maine, Hamilton at Rockford, 2124 Quebec, and uh, 6500 block Cleves, Warsaw. Uh, we have an accident south seven, uh, southbound US 42 at 275, Reading at Paddock, 5000 block of Rapid Run, West Martin Luther King at Riddle, 2500 block of Queen City, 2600 block of Glenway, and Montgomery at Langdon Farm with injuries. Your forecast tonight, uh, some more showers off and on until midnight, clearing after midnight tomorrow. Sunny and a high of 92. Tonight's low, by the way, 65. Then Friday, a high again around 92, but Saturday and Sunday, highs in the 70s. Right now, we're at 85 degrees here at 89.3 WMKV. Support comes from St. Vincent de Paul. In today's difficult economy, local families who have never had to ask for help are now in desperate need of food, clothing, and shelter. St. Vincent de Paul's vehicle donation program is a way for you to help. By donating your unneeded car, truck, or motorcycle, you can ensure that a needy family gets help with the basics to survive and may qualify for a tax deduction. For a free pickup, St. Vincent de Paul, 513-421-CARE. That's 513-421-CARE. Welcome back to Real Life Real Estate Investing. I'm your host, Vina Jones-Cox. My guest today is Matt Scott, and we're talking about the potential death of the private lending model and what is going to replace it. We're going to take your calls and questions at 772-9658 if you're here in the greater Cincinnati area or outside the greater Cincinnati area at 877-772-9658 or you can send us an email at askvina at gmail.com. Now, Matt, you you referenced uh, at the beginning here that state regulators, and this is happening throughout the United States, are actively cracking down on people who are advertising that they borrow private money. And in fact, in an article that we sent out to all our real-life real estate listeners, you you gave the example that the uh, the federal SEC, which is what everyone's afraid of, just kind of takes a wait and see until something happens stance, but the state regulators are being bulldogs. Absolutely. There's a gentleman that wrote The Ultimate Guide to Trusted Investing. You can look him up on Amazon, and we contacted his company back in 2005 because he he was advertising everywhere. He was on CNBC's Donnie Deutsch, The Big Idea television show. You know, he's done a lot of He's been very successful as an entrepreneur. Well, you know, one thing we were trying to determine was, you know, how was he doing this legally? We could not determine this. Well, the funny thing about it is he's doing this nationally, and the SEC did not take him to task. But Pennsylvania and the state of Arizona are the two states that shut him down nationally, hmm. including completely the business. They're completely out of business at this point. So, I mean, and they are some of the most aggressive states, along with the state of Ohio. They're very aggressive on the people that are not following the law. Now, you know, for years with the private lending model, we called this just, you know, it's a private transaction. Well, that doesn't work for, you know, the hookers in Vegas. So it's not really going to work for, you know, real estate investors when, you know, there's any inquiry made. That's the problem. Mm-hmm. And, you know, if you're ever contacted by the Securities Commission, they're going to look at everything. They want to know your finances. They want to know every contact you had with an investor. There's a gentleman in Georgia that had a template website, just a private lending, you know, website we all get for, you know, 60 to $90 a month. 
you know, he never did follow up with the inquiries from the Georgia Securities Commission. He was fined $15,000 because he wouldn't respond. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, even if you have the website up, if you have anywhere that you're saying secured by real estate, earn 12%, 9%, that is implying that you're offering a security to the public. Mm-hmm. And, and that's the issue. You must remove that from anything from business cards to websites as soon as possible. Mm-hmm. So to head off the folks who are going to call us and say, but I heard... Mm-hmm. that it was okay as long as I transacted it this way or advertised it this way or instead of making a direct offering, I offered to bring people into a class. What, what are you going to say to them? Well, it, it, it's very, very simple. I mean, you know, I've always challenged people. Uh, if, if you want me to check it out for you, send it to me because I'll send it, send it to your state regulators and I'll even pay the fee because there is a... An, there's a letter they'll give you. It's called a no-action letter, meaning if you're within compliance to state security regs, each state will e- issue you a no-action letter, which means if you follow this plan that you've laid out, we'll take no action against you. So my question is, you know, are you brave enough to send this to the Securities Commission and see if you're within the letter of the law? And they're either going to say, no, you're not, or either they're going to issue a no-action letter say, hey, listen, that works for us. You can do this. And listen, this is not meant to scare anyone. I mean, I've got clients, and just recently a client on the West Coast will reach $35 million, and I know that's a really big number for a lot of people. By the end of the month, he's going to reach – he'll have under management $35 million in his fund. Well, that's a huge number, but the key is he's doing it legally. And this can be done throughout the United States for 250000 start off with fifty. You know, you don't have to raise a million. You can raise, you know, 300000 Obviously, in Ohio, you can buy, you know, half of Ohio for that now <laughs> in single-family homes. But, uh, you know, it, it's, it's not a complicated process. The, the thing I'm trying to be an advocate for is do it right. And you can fund any business this way. I, I don't only advise real estate investors, where that's my core the, the largest group that I do advise in this, but you can work for, you know, an IT company and do this, a pet supply company, whatever you have, you can raise capital this way. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. There is in most states some way in which you can register to do to, to to borrow private money, although generally not to advertise for it. So 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 in most places there's a way that you can make some notification to the state that says, hey, I'm going to be doing this, and if they don't say, uh, no, you're not, uh, you're okay to do the, you're okay to borrow the money, but in most places that doesn't make it okay to advertise for it. That's true. There are some states that are very easy to advertise in, meaning it's just a disclosure state. Other states, uh, they have, you know, they have definitely requirements, such as the Texas. Texas has a public REIT that allows you to advertise. You know, that they want you to have skin in the game. They want to see the company. They want to see audited financials. And you have to have about 10% of the amount of money you plan to raise in the company. So, you know, that's a, that's a large threshold for some investors unless you're partnering with other people. Mm-hmm. And, you know, and that's always a situation that comes up because not, not only am I an advocate of, of, you know, raising capital the right way, but also partnering and doing joint ventures. Uh, there's other ways to go about it. There's also corporate money available, especially if you're doing this for a cause, you know, that's going to benefit the local community. I mean, there's always different avenues to take besides just, you know, one cookie-cutter approach, which definitely I'm not an advocate of. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Now, 
on the on the flip side, uh, the thing that, uh, and I know you you do talk to people about. All right, if you insist on doing the private lending model, here's how you do it. <laughs> but um, uh, what what you really advocate is 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 playing a much bigger game than that, and that's that's where we get into uh, the idea of these private placements and private REITs and so on. Give give us a just just a kind of a a quick uh, contrast and comparison as to how those two things work legally. Me going out and getting a mortgage from Joe versus me setting up one of these legal entities and putting Joe into my private placement. Okay, great question. Uh, these are actually offerings. They're offerings either through the state or either they're a federal offering that if you're going to do this in multiple states, you'll have to register in each state that you plan to have investors. Now, unfortunately, there's, you know, there's 51 different ways to do this because you have 51 di- 50 states in District of Columbia, and they have their own reg- regs uh, in conjunction with the, the federal registrations. Ohio, for example, they just started a requirement for one of their offerings there for you to submit the actual offering that investors are going to see because they're going to scrutinize that. And that's, you know, for Ohio investors, that's not a good option for you to choose that offering. Whether there's another offering there that allows you to outraise capital and structure this properly, but yes, you can't advertise the rate of return. In other words, you know, earn 10% or earn up to 6.94. You know, that's not an option. But you can advertise and talk about your company and what they do in general terms, but you know you can't go out and advertise like you're offering an annuity or a bank CD. Mm-hmm. Now, l- let me mention something that's going to surprise a lot of people. Uh, we just wrote four ads uh, for, you know, uh, for some mid- mid-Atlantic states. Let me put it that way. I just wrote four ads uh, for two different areas. And our guys are only offering – starting around 5.42, I believe that was, for this guy's fund, up to 6.94. You know, the returns that you have to offer are not astronomical. They're just a few points above the annuities, which I saw today were advertised at three and three-quarter. Mm-hmm. So, you know, we're not paying 10, 12, 15 percent. That's just astronomical to us to even offer that, uh, number one. But, you know, you can get the common investor now. When You know, anytime you see Wall Street – uh, seeing it uh, down day, you have investors that are pulling money out of Wall Street, and you know that's one of our selling points. Is we're local, you know, we're doing this, uh, you know, we have no correlation to Wall Street, meaning our investment, the value of our investment, is not going to fluctuate based on what Wall Street does. Mm-hmm. So you know, there's a lot of selling points we offer, but first of all, just you know, consider uh, offering reasonable rates of return. That's what people, the common investor, is looking for today. They're not looking for you know, 9, 12, 15 percent. That seems just, uh, they associate that with a higher degree of risk. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Too good to be true. <laughs> sure, absolutely. We, we want to be reasonable. Uh-huh, uh-huh. Okay. Uh, we're going to take another quick break. want to invite questions once again at 772 or 877 or at askvina at com. Support comes from Synergy Home Care of Cincinnati. Synergy is a home health care company providing services such as personal care, homemaking, caregiver-assisted transportation, and much more. If you or a loved one is in need of assistance, Synergy can be reached at 513-469-CARE. Once again, that number is 513-469-2273. Well, checking on traffic, I would avoid 71 from top to bottom. Just avoid it. Don't even look at it. 
Now there are three, not one, but two, but three accidents on Fort Washington Way just outside the Lytle Tunnel. That would be southbound 71 or westbound uh, Fort Washington Way. Then there's one south 71 at the lateral, south 71 uh, before the tunnel, north 71 at Montgomery, north 71 north of Montgomery on the left shoulder, and north 71 at Ridge. 75, on the other hand, just has one accident. Don't know what they're up to today, but uh, it's northbound 75 at Shepherd. Left lane is blocked. Accident now westbound Norwood Lateral, just before 75. And uh, on the side streets, uh, Coleraine at Commons, an accident with injuries. And Coleraine is blocked uh, between Virginia and Rayburn because of a serious accident. So uh, we'll just stop at that. Your weather forecast this evening, uh, cloudy skies, some more showers popping up, possibly 60% chance of more rain than uh, partly cloudy after midnight, low around 65. Tomorrow, sunny with a high of 92. Friday, sunny, a high of 92. And then uh, after a brief chance of a thunderstorm Friday night, sunshine and a high of 75 on Saturday and 72 on Sunday. Highs in the 70s, Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday of next week. Right now we're at 84. Support comes from the Osher Lifelong Learning Institute at the University of Cincinnati. OLLI offers 150 courses at several area locations for adults over 50, so you can rediscover the joy of learning. Fall classes start October 4th. Details online when you search OLLI Cincinnati or call 556-9186. Good afternoon. Welcome back to Real Life Real Estate Investing. I'm your host, Vina Jones-Cox. My guest today is Matt Scott, who, by the way, is one of the featured speakers at the 2010 Ohio RIA Convention coming up on November 11th, 12th, 13th, and 14th. The only day that you can see Matt speak is on the 14th because that was the day we could give him three hours. Everybody else has like 90 minutes, but we needed to give Matt three hours because obviously he has a lot to say. And this is, I mean, unlike, unlike some things that, you know, you, you'll see at a convention like this, Matt, that so short sales, like everybody has heard it, you know, they, they, there's, there's always like new twists to it and new information that you can get, but everyone kind of basically knows what a short sale is and basically knows what a rental is and so on. But this stuff that you're talking about is is really very very new in the real estate world it's not new at all in the business world in in general but it's only just starting to become known at all in the real estate world and part of the reason is the state regulators slapping down person after person after person is doing it the other way well yeah i mean and unfortunately with you know the tough market since we've had since 06 you know we have a lot of investors that uh, or had problems, and they could not repay some of these loans they had with a private lender. So what happens then is, you know, when they're not making the payments, they're, you know, the investors are going to cry foul to someone, and they're doing it to state regulators or the attorney general's office, which refers them over to the securities division, whether it's under, you know, the corporate division of your state or they have their own commission like Ohio. So that's that's what's happening. There's more attention being brought to the forefront because some investors have made bad decisions. That's a great reason to come to this convention to find out what's working today, not only in, in you know, my presentation, but the other presentations as well. So, you know, and, and that's what probably is initiating more attention is these people that are, you know, getting in trouble, not paying investors. And, you know, I don't want to sort of go down this road very far here, I'm about to mention, but, you know, unfortunately, you know, there are times where we make bad business decisions. And with a private lending model, a lot of people are going to be personally liable 
for those decisions. Now, you know, if you take the type structure we're talking about, there is no liability because, you know, like Enron, for example, you know, if you had, if you were unfortunate and did not liquidate Enron, I mean, you know, when it went under, you had no one to go after at this point. I mean, you, you, they didn't send you, uh, you know, a, a computer screen, you know, for your, for collateral. I mean, this, it didn't happen. And proper structurally, and that's what I want people to do, you know, is make good investment decisions, but structure it properly where you don't have any liability uh, if the market turns on you or something happens. So that's another reason to do this properly is to protect your own personal assets. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah, it is. It is the case in, in in that very often when we hear, "Oh, so and so is you know being fined fifty thousand dollars for what he did," so and so also got himself into a situation where he was unable to pay back a private lender, and the private lender complained to the powers that be, and that's how it came about. But that, that that's not always the case because uh, um, as I was driving here. I saw a bandit sign. I saw a plastic sign on the side of the road that said 7% interest backed by real estate and had a phone number on it. Now, there's very few circumstances under which that sign is at all legal, and yet putting it on a street corner is bound to attract the attention of someone who would be very interested in this from a regulatory standpoint. Well, especially in Ohio, which I'm very well versed in the regs there, and unfortunately, uh, that that sign's going to generate some investors, and also a potential investor, which will be an undercover enforcement agent, which is normally an attorney that works for the Securities Commission, and they'll be playing the role as a potential investor, and you know, so unfortunately, this person's probably going to get the phone call and just you know proceed to give them their life story and how this process works, and then they're going to receive a cease and desist letter. Mhm. Mhm. Now it's funny. I got a uh, I got a an email here from the askvina at gmail dot com address where we take emails during the show. It's from Fred in Savannah, and he said, "This is a great topic. I've actually been studying it for a couple of weeks. When you went on the air, I went on our locals Craigslist, and there are six separate ads from investors offering returns for investments. So this is not something that you know." It, it, People are doing it because they see other people doing it, and I'm certain that in most cases they either, it really hasn't occurred to them that it was wrong, or else they have heard something completely different from somebody else that it that it that it's somehow okay to do this. Well, yeah, I mean, you know, no one wants to pay for good legal advice. Let's just be honest. We're going to go, you know, to any meeting, whether it's a RIA meeting or the Kiwanis Club or a Rotarian Club, a Rotary Club, and say, hey, listen, what do you think about this? Oh, don't worry about it. I had that. I did that. It's not a problem. You know, and unfortunately, you know, that's that they get what they pay for. I mean, you're getting bad legal advice. And um, now, I assume he's in Savannah, Georgia. Is there a Savannah, Ohio? He may be uh, no, talking it's, about. It's probably Savannah, Georgia. Okay, great. Well, I'm going to tell you, is an easy state to advertise in. I can tell you, if they're not if they're not sending someone over to a website with the proper disclosures with their filing on, in Georgia. Uh, they've got a problem, but Georgia is one of the easiest states to do business in. I have an offering I'm working on now in Georgia just because it's that simple to do it there um, and very easy to get it through the Securities Commission if you do everything uh, they request, which is, you know, uh, the bar set low in Georgia, let's be honest. Mm-hmm. <laughs> okay. But, yeah, I mean, but, yeah, these people are going to get some phone calls, and unfortunately I've, I've got some people that 
they've been through the program and they said, listen, I'm turning in all my competitors. Well, you know, I don't advocate that and suggest you do that, but that's an easy way to get anybody shut down, unfortunately, because uh, that's going to get a quick phone call from the security regulators. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Now, um, gosh, we suddenly we have a bunch of uh, questions that have come in. Here is one. Ooh, here's one from Bob in the Seattle area. He says, I've been working with private lenders in the state of Washington now for the past three years. The state has now filed a securities violation against me and my company because I have private lenders with a with loans in subordinate positions on my rental property, so like seconds, thirds, etc. Apparently, if I have private lenders in a subordinate position, the state requires that I register for a Reg D exemption, else I am in violation. Can you please comment on this? They're right, but it's not only subordinate position in Washington. By the way, Washington is an easy state if you comply, and, and actually it's one of the, the states you can definitely advertise in when you do things correctly. You, just, you, know, you have to understand, first of all, let me give him some just a suggestion, not advice. I don't give legal advice, but contact them, follow up with them. Um, I've, contacted, I've contacted many, many enforcement agents, and I've called up about the case in general that I've discovered on the Internet or through their website. And I said, listen, what about so-and-so? What about Bob here? And they'll say, oh, you know, we're trying to work with Bob. He just didn't know what he was doing, so we're trying to get him in compliance, where other enforcement agents are very, very aggressive. So the worst thing you can do in the state of Washington, by the way, was also the state that had the RIA president that was, and there was actually a partner in there, uh, that I, I have that cease and desist letter eventually where she was fined because she wouldn't respond. That's the problem. You must respond to, to the, any Securities Commission inquiry and meet with them and tell them, you know, okay, I'm going to liquidate everything, and that's the first thing you do. Try to comply as soon as possible. If you have to liquidate or refinance or, you know, do this thing properly, that's key. But I'm going to tell you, you're going to have a problem if you go down this road much further because you will not be allowed in most states to go out and raise securities after you've been fined or anything else. It's called a bad boy rule, and they, they call you a bad boy for a reason. They're not going to allow you to participate in capital raising efforts. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I would resolve this as soon as possible. Now you can't go in and just play, you know, say I'm a complete idiot, but you know, go in and say, listen, what do I need to do? Let's work together. You know? And uh, just tell them you've, you've gotten bad advice and you know, you're trying to do this thing right. Mm-hmm. And by the way, Bob, the Reg D filing is not as scary and expensive as you probably think it is if you tried to call a securities attorney out of the phone book and say, I need to do a Reg D filing for a real estate. They probably said, oh, it's going to be $25,000 and it's going to take a year and um, you're going to have to do all this stuff. It's, not, it's actually not that scary or expensive if you go to somebody who has actually done these real estate investors before. Well, well I mean, you know, it's not a, not a brick and mortar firm, but Vina's right. Listen. Uh, that is not a joke. Uh, the normal fee is twenty to thirty grand for these. Uh, but listen, my attorney knows it's a document. It, it's a document in word format that they're going to complete and print out. It's that simple. Attorneys want to make this hard. I mean, that's their job. They make things difficult. We've got it down to a very quick system, which a lot of people have followed, including gurus. I have a lot of a long list of gurus that have attended and paid to attend, which is. You know, you might have heard Ed Haynes stand up and say, at first he was mad because he had to pay to attend my event. But, you know, we make everybody pay. And But, you know, once they go through the event, they understand the legal resources that, that we can offer. But I'll tell you what, it should only be uh, a reasonable fee about what a good seminar could cost to go to an attorney to get this done properly. And, um, you know, 
that's something that we'll talk about at the event on how to choose an attorney, how to hire an attorney, what to look for in an attorney. So mm-hmm. uh, definitely some, uh, some things you should be working toward pretty quick, Bob, is getting counsel. Mm-hmm. Right. And he just actually sent me an email saying he has spent $6,000 on counsel and they are uh, the securities uh, folks are still uh, on him about this. And, and, and Bob, they're, they're going to stay on you about it until you resolve it is, is the point here. Um, OK, so a couple of questions here that came in from Michael. By the way, when you send a question to asvina at gmail.com, please let us know where you are writing from. Uh, thank you, Bob, for doing that. But Michael, I don't know where you're from. Uh, he says... Two, two questions. Number one, did Matt say it's okay to offer a fixed return like 6%? <laughs> Go ahead. And number two, is it wrong for me to give my lender a lien on a property? Okay. Well, you know, when we collateralize this, that makes the process more difficult for us. On the administration side, I mean, you know, it, it goes back to the example of asset protection. You know, being an accountant for years, and uh, my good friend is, is an asset protection specialist. You know, we can get really creative with asset protection. But after a while, when you have umpteen entities and you're doing filings and different checkbooks, it gets to be cumbersome, really. Let's just be honest. So we want a simple process, and that's what, you know, I teach. It's no different than, you know, a venture capitalist or a private equity firm. We do exactly the same structure. Now, let's go back to your first question. Yes. You can offer anything you want. If you can dream it up in an offering, we can do it. We can structure it that way. A suggestion I did on the offering in Georgia uh, that I'll be doing, uh, you know, we'll start it actually in about three or five weeks. We will be up and running in Georgia. We look to raise a minimum of $10 million, uh, up to about twenty, And we're going to start off around $5.2. Is 5.23. We'll make it odd amount. But there will be four different levels of notes. And the last note will be 8.1 is what we'll offer. And those four different levels of notes will simply have longer terms. We'll start off with a two-year note up to a six-year note. And uh, I'm sorry, a two-year note and an eight-year note is where we'll end. So they have the option of taking a lower interest rate for a two-year term, or if they want the 8%, they'll need to stick around for eight years. Mm-hmm. So, yes, you can offer a fixed rate of return. You can offer different levels and have different uh, you know, capital requirements as a minimum investment, which means you can have an investor say, listen, I'm willing to put in 25000 what will my rate of return be? Well, by the chart here, we're offering you five and a quarter. But if you'll put in 100000 which I know for Ohio, that's a lot of houses, guys, you know, you can earn seven and three quarter. So you can, there's all different ways to structure this. There's umpteen ways under the sun. Uh, key things to remember, you must be comfortable with it. You must be able to make a profit with it. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. All right. Uh, last break, uh, after which we will both answer some more of these questions that have come in and uh, go step back and, and, and sort of take a take a bigger view of what can be done with these placements. We've talked a lot about what can't be done with private lending, but we need to talk about what can be done in the alternative here. You can give us a call at 877-772-9658 outside the greater Cincinnati area, or you can email us at uh, askvina at gmail.com. Support comes from Ohio Valley Orthopedics and Sports Medicine. Pain, stiffness, or swelling in a joint, bone, or muscle may be a sign of arthritis, and there are more than 100 types, including osteoarthritis and rheumatoid arthritis. Early and correct diagnosis can help treatment. More information about a diagnosis, protecting your joints, and a treatment plan is available at Ohio Valley Orthopedics and Sports Medicine at 513-985-3700. Well, checking on traffic, some great improvements on 71, I'm happy to say. We only have one problem now, 
and it's one of the three accidents uh, south of the Lytle Tunnel or westbound Fort Washington Way, and even that is on the right shoulder now. So the other accidents on 71 uh, have uh, been cleaned up. Uh, as far as 75, no accidents, but westbound uh, f uh, Norwood Lateral at 75, there's still an accident uh, in the cleanup stages there. The other accidents are on side streets, eastbound Western Hills Viaduct top deck blocking the only lane as they're doing construction on there. Hunt at Plainfield, an accident, Wooster at Settle, Miami near Wooster on the hill, Colerain at Commons with injuries, Colerain at North Bend. Kirby at Virginia, an accident. Shepherd at West Fork. Clough Pike at Five Mile. Colerain still blocked between Virginia and Rayburn. You're advised to seek an alternate route. And as far as slowdowns, uh, 71 is still pretty slow off and on both north and southbound. Uh, eastbound 275 heavier than usual, 42 off and on to Loveland. Westbound 275 slows up approaching north 75's ramp. Your forecast tonight, some more showers possible, a 60% chance. We'll get down to 65 tonight. Tomorrow, sunny, a high of 92. And then uh, another chance of rain to, uh, Friday night, but uh, Friday, a high of 92. Saturday, Sunday, highs in the mid-70s. Right now, we're at 84 degrees. Welcome back to Real Life Real Estate Investing. I'm your host, Vina Jones-Cox. My guest today, Matt Scott, who is, uh, gosh, one of the tiny little handful of people in the entire country who understands and is teaching about doing actual SEC filings for real estate investors so that they are within the law in what they are doing and raising private money and also uh, as we mentioned a couple times it's just a whole lot more convenient to be able to have control of an LLC that's got a million bucks in it to write a check to buy a property as opposed to chasing down private lenders to do that all the time. So Matt, we've only got just like 10 minutes left in the show and we probably need to like go back, just just step back and, and look big picture here at how this private placement stuff works in, in general. What do I have to do in order to legally raise money this way? And then once I have done it, like how much can I raise? Well, you know, that's that's an issue we always have to work through with some of our clients. Some people come in and they worry about raising, you know, five hundred thousand or a million, and they, you know, tell me next time, well, what if I raise too much money? You know, well, you don't have to take it. I mean, you can you can turn the faucet off and tell people, listen, you know, uh, theoretically, I've closed the fund in ninety days. We're going to take in more money. We'll have another, uh, you know, uh, another uh, round coming up. But listen, and I'm not just talking about private offerings. We're talking about several different types of offerings. We, we work with individual states where certain states, they have very attractive regulations that allow you to advertise in the newspaper, magazines, and everywhere else the rate of return just like uh, annuity because we know banks aren't advertising CD rates right now. They're advertising just, you know, you see insurance agents or, uh, you know, they're selling annuities, but that's about it. But you can advertise right along with those. So it's not only private, it's also some public offerings, but big picture. Listen, you're really stepping up to a different league when you start doing this, and that's what a lot of people say. Joyce is uh, she's in Jersey, and she's I mean she's been two years ago to my event. She just followed up with me. She used to work with venture capitalists and uh, business angels, and I have a business angel also out of Connecticut, and he's uh, works actually at School of Medicine at Yale, and he's a business angel. They come to this event because we structure it exactly the same, which is very fluid. Just like Venus said, 
we're getting an offering out there. We're either building a pool of investors, we're building interest and getting them to convert into investors, and they're stroking a check. Either it's going to go into escrow initially until we reach a minimum amount, say 100000 and then everything else will come directly to us. So in other words, when people either you can get it directly initially or it can go in until you reach a minimum, minimum amount, at that point, you know, you start taking the money in and acquiring whatever you want to acquire that's laid out in your offering circular. Now, here's the beauty of it. What if you want to refinance your existing properties? That can be done. What if you want to buy properties from an existing entity to move them over to this new company? That can be done. What if you want to raise money and loan it out and also buy property? That can be done. You can loan it out to other investors locally, which a lot of my clients are doing. They're hard money lenders. Now, you do have banking regs to consider, which I'm not an expert at. So, you know, there's a lot of things you can do with this. Now, we're talking about, you know, Georgia today with a client of mine. We're, stalk, we're talking about raising capital in a fund simply to fund the exit strategy. We've done it before. I've got a financial planner in the state of Texas that has done this. He raised, I think, 2 to $3 million, somewhere in between there. But it was simply to fund his rehabs that he was selling to retail buyers, homeowners. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, you can use the funds whatever you want to, but it must be stated in your offering circular, which that's what you do up front with your attorney or our attorney or whatever attorney you're going to use. And, you know, that's the beauty of it. But it's coming into a pool, into your checking account, and you write checks. And if you're flipping properties, here's another example. Yeah, when you sell a property, the money comes directly back to your checking account. You buy more properties. You just keep churning it over. There's no, you know, signature release of mortgage from your individual investor. Um, now, the first thing that most people are going to say in an objection that are new to this model is, well, is it secured? No, it's not secured. Can I say it's secured with collateral in the company? No, you can't say it's secured. Well, let me ask you this. What's secured on Wall Street? Again, did Enron send you a monitor or a notebook computer? No. It's, it's uncollateralized investment. And same thing with a mutual fund. I mean, that's what we're talking about, is people that are looking for an alternative to real estate, we're offering that. The deal of security doesn't come up unless they've been a private lender in the past. You know, that's, that's the type of people we're getting away from, because I'm not looking for, you know, people to invest from the RIA meeting. They're real estate savvy. They've been educated. I'm not looking to, you know, give anyone 10 12%. I'm looking for the affluent investor or a physician uh, or a corporate uh, entity uh, or foreign investors that are just looking to invest in anything beyond, besides Wall Street. You know, they're frustrated now. They're looking for uh, something that's different, and that's what we can offer them. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Now, uh, again, t- tons of questions here, but uh, uh, and, and you know we got just a few minutes left to answer them. Um, if you all who are listening have not figured out that it's worth the hundred and sixty-eight dollar pledge to WMKV just to come see Matt on Sunday, I don't know what's the matter with you. Go to WMKVFM.org. Go about halfway down the homepage, and there's a link you can click, and you can still, if you're one of the next four people. To make that pledge, you can still get the special deal from WMKV. Oh, and by the way, there's also 15 other speakers there besides Matt who are all just as good as what they do, at what they do as he is at what he does. Um, 
uh, gosh, I'm, I'm trying to triage these questions now because all of a sudden we've had we've had so many of them. But uh, uh, you know, uh, basically, folks, you know, he's got three hours at OREA and 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 talks about a whole bunch of different things. But it's set up an entity, make the filing, raise the money. Okay, so that, that's 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 not the twenty thousand foot view. That's like the hundred thousand mile view. <laughs> but uh, a couple of questions uh, here is one from uh, Scott in. Uh, Minnesota, he says, do you think this is a viable strategy for a beginner to use as a method of generating private money? Uh, how best to deal with the challenges when beginning to use the, mes- the method when you have a, only a short history in real estate? Well, you, you must have a track record, I mean, uh, of being successful in something. Now, I've got investors, I mean, I've got real estate investors, not money partner investors, so to speak, but I've got real estate entrepreneurs like you that are new, but they were successful in other businesses. That's sometimes what people look for. And we really don't try to dress this thing up. And by the way, you'll never hear me talk about a PowerPoint presentation or a credibility kit or, I mean, you know, when I go to the dentist, they don't pull out a credibility kit. You know, when I call the home inspector, he didn't pull out a credibility kit. I mean, you have to present yourself correctly, and that's something I'm going to talk about. So even if you're a new investor, here's one thing you must bring to the table, a good, sound investment strategy. I don't offer that. I mean, I invest in, you know, tons of different things, and even individual companies, you know, small companies. But, you know, when it comes to real estate, you have to have a good understanding, and you know you must test it. You can't be something you're just trying out, you know, uh, for the first time with two million dollars. I mean, you know, that's something, you know, just personally, I would not take on as a new investor or suggest that. So, yeah. It, now, the good thing about being new, if you can partner with a parent or friend on a couple of deals, that's where you start with their money. But you can't go out and bring in strangers and, you know, perpetually continue to go out and raise capital that way. Mm-hmm. Geez, I was you talking about presenting yourself, and I thought I was just terrified that somewhere in there you were going to say you have to wear shoes, and that was just going to like blow it for me. <laughs> well, you'll be happy. I've got my flip flops on today. So. <laughs> okay, very good. Um, so, uh, second question from Scott, and this is going to have to be a, a real quick one, uh, but I think it's an important one. How do you deal with potential lenders' concerns about falling real estate prices to the general public? Real estate values are only slightly more stable than the stock market. It seems common to find people that think they can lose 20% in a couple of months. Okay. Well, that's always a concern. You're going to have people that just literally hate real estate for whatever reason. That's not your market. And your job is to have a few things, right? Number one is reasons. You've got to have reasons for the niche, the sector, whatever you're investing in. We just don't say real estate. You know, uh, If you're doing a private offering, you need to build the credibility through reasons, having a backstory about yourself. And, you know, that's something I'll talk about at the event. It goes much deeper than this. But, I mean, there's several uh, details uh, of, of this that you'll have to put together to build that argument. But, you know, and let, let me tell you, it's not that difficult to go and, and move forward. Um, last thing I can tell you is when you go out there, I mean, you must be prepared to walk away from people that give you a lot of objections. I'm not a guy that's going to answer 20 objections from someone because they're still going to have them after they invest. You know, mm-hmm. your marketing must do that for you. If you're not, you know, have the right marketing in place, you're not choosing the right marketing strategy, you're going to have a lot of objections, and you're going to sit there across the table and answer those objections, and that's not what you want. And more about that at the OREA convention, and more about the OREA convention at wmkvfm.org. We will be back next week with more information to put you on the path to financial independence through real estate investing. Until then, happy investing.
This is 89.3 WMKV, Reading, Ohio. Time now for Local 12 News at 6. Choff visited the Kellys many times here in their Bethel home over the years as their insurance agent. They trusted him when he offered to invest their money. It was Marion Kelly's retirement from working 46 years at the Siemens plant in Norwood. He came here a lot of times just as...